Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host Chris Broad and we're joined as always by top London radio DJ and certified Japanophile, Mr Pete Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, somebody called me a certified Japanophile in real life and I can't remember who it was. Uh, but um, <laughs> Like last week, the other week I called you certified. Certified. Uh, certified. It's take, people are taking it to the streets and calling you out on it in real <laughs> I life. Ju- I just, it just really made me laugh because I was like, it felt more offensive face-to-face. So next time I see you face-to-face, right. Chris, and you call me a j- j- certified j- Japanophile, I'm going to knock your block off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you in the last podcast last week, you said chain restaurant, but you kind of bungled it and said chestrant. Chestrant. I really enjoyed. Oh, that worked. I didn't, I didn't bring it up. <laughs> so, certified oh, it clearly, chestrant. It clearly hit you hard. What, is, what would a chestrant even entail? Chicken breast. What would it be? Chicken breast. What would it chest, do? It just sell, ch- it just sell chests breast. of animals. Um, I'm not really sure what you call a chest of a bull or a, or a cow, but they'd just be selling chests of animals, so it'd just be chicken breasts and stuff. The best part of the chicken. The chest romp. <laughs> the best part. Mm. Um, how you doing, though? What's been going down? I, I bought one of these Fitbit thing recently, a fitness tracker. Oh, wow. Because of the impending cycle, which is mm. now, what, month or two out, terrifyingly. Uh, I realised I had to shift some weight, because uh, mm. I'm a little bit overweight. I was 85 kilograms, and for my height, which is 5 foot 10, I need to be about 75 kilograms. So I had to shift 10 kilograms. So I got a fitness tracker, and it's, it tells you to do like 10,000 steps every day, right? Mm. And I found it's been pretty motivating. I've actually done it. I've actually been doing 10,000 steps maybe 80% of the time that I've had it on over the last month. And so I've shifted five kilograms in the space of the last, you know, six weeks or so. And I feel pretty good about myself. I I can look in the mirror and feel not horrified for the first time in a a year or two. So that's good. Um, But still halfway to go. Yeah, I'm well, pretty happy with myself. That's the that's the thing about um, that's the thing about those uh, the, the Fitbits and stuff. And you've been on holiday, and you've managed to still lose weight. Now that is some uh, <laughs> piece of work, uh, Chris, because you never lose weight when you've been on holiday. That's the crazy, the craziest thing. Um, and and you've been travelling around and stuff. It's the and when heat you be, when you, yeah, it is the heat. You can't eat quite so much. Maybe I don't know. Uh, not you particular, but it, it is quite hard to um, well, you know want, and want to wolf down loads of food. It's like being in a sauna, though. I mean, mm. we've had the heat wave in Japan, right? 
which has been horrific. And then I was in mm. Korea, which is equally as hot. So I've just been sweating myself buckets every day, and that's probably <laughs> contributed pretty significantly to the weight loss. Um, yeah, but I'm quite happy with myself. And if you want to lose weight, ladies and gentlemen, do just get a fitness tracker. Don't anyone's good as long as it does the ten thousand step thing. Mm. Like when you when you hit ten thousand steps, it vibrates and goes crazy, and you feel like yes, I've done something good. Oh, and cool. it tracks your sleep as well, which I don't even really. I don't know how it happens. I don't know how it works. Mm. You put it on at night, and I think it it can when you're moving around, it just detects if you're what kind of sleep you're in or mm. something. It's good because I'm trying to hit about seven to eight hours of sleep every night, and so. I wake up in the morning at like 7am, I look down at my phone, it says you've only had six hours sleep and then I sort of roll over and go to sleep for another two hours. <laughs> it's important to point out, ladies and gentlemen, at this point, that this is not sponsored. <laughs> I'm not spo- we're not by sponsored Fitbit. by any Fitbit or fitness tracking company. I'm just quite happy with it. So there you go. <laughs> We've got a lot of messages from you guys through the fax machine. And so, over the course of this podcast, we are just going to be answering them all. Uh, we've got some fantastic questions. Um, of course, if you do have questions to send in to us, abroadjapanpodcast at gmail.com is the place to be. And the first question actually is about that. Uh, oh. It's a guy called Julian. Julian, or a girl, Julian, she's, he or she, it is, am I th- right in thinking it's a guy or a girl's name, Pete, or am I going mental? Well, um, I think the content of it's the email name, would suggest he's, he's male, uh, but uh, I think you can have a Julian or a Julian. <laughs> oh yeah, good point. Julian, Julian. True. The message begins, good lord, full stop. Good I Lord. somehow managed to send this to the wrong email address, abroad in Japan, something else, at gmail.com, despite having laughed sadistically at you discussing people having gotten it wrong before me. I'm a disgrace. <laughs> anyway, on to the question. I apologise for bringing up he who must not be named, but as someone who has been stopped in the street by people uh, who have mistaken me for Logan Paul, <laughs> do you think this will be a problem for me when I move to Japan? He rightfully <laughs> does seem to have a terrible reputation over there. One could argue that looking a bit like him is a bit of a problem in itself. So should I have my frizzy blonde hair removed before I go to Japan? Love the podcast. You two brighten my life. Cheers. Julian. Julian, that is an unfortunate situation to be in. Uh, just get rid of your hair and, get rid- and yeah. face. Uh, well, get, get, plastic, get some kind of we, plastic surgery. Uh, to be honest, if you look like Logan Paul and you shave your head, you're still going to look like Logan Paul. You're just going to look like <laughs> Logan Paul's having a bit of a breakdown and he's um, gone <laughs> super cyan and he's going to d- do even worse things in Japan. Yeah, I mean, crikey, that's, not, that's unfortunate. Only thing is, I don't think you'll be recognised here. I don't think that'll be an issue. I mean, that would be quite funny. That is a YouTube channel-worthy situation to be in. Just Logan Paul in Japan, but not Logan Paul in brackets. <laughs> and just chart your experiences in Japan with people shouting at you. But Logan to be honest, like. I think you'll be fine, Julian. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. But that could lead to some rather awkward situations. But yeah, mm. just get some plastic surgery in Korea. <laughs> we talked about Korea last week. Um we didn't actually touch upon plastic surgery, but it's a big deal in Korea and it's fantastically cheap. A lot of people oh, I know, yeah. uh, both vloggers in Korea and Japan, have done it and are well, often quite open surgery. about it. They've had surgery. It's not done. something you can really hide if you're a vlogger. Yeah, like mm. things to like cheeks and heads and faces and all sorts. And oh, good Lord. it seems phenomenally cheap. I even had a friend tell me that. If I did it, they could get me a phenomenal discount. Just because <laughs> if you shout it out in your video, you get, like, the plastic surgery for free. Only thing is, I don't know what I would have done. Um, any ideas? 
I'd get some beautiful, plump <laughs> silicon boobies. I'm a boob man, Chris. Right. What can I say? I'd, I'd love to have my own pair. I'd, I'd waste that so could little cause time. Problems in the hot spring. <laughs> the yeah. Hot spring. Oh. A man with boobs. Hello, <laughs> I'm at the onsen. <laughs> well, you've got rid of all your tattoos, Pete. Confuse a lot of people. But you've got boobies. <laughs> if the tattoos don't stop you from getting in the onsen, the boobied man, then the uh, mm. the fake breasts certainly might. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, good luck, Julian. Uh, I'm sure you'll be fine, my yes. friend. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Uh, we got an email from Dan from Lincoln. Uh, thank you to Chris for the top-notch videos I've watched for several years and to both of you for an awesome podcast. Oh, stop, Dan. Uh, I'm slowly bringing my other half around to the thought of a honeymoon in Japan, but what can I show her that would really sell it to her? She wanted a beach holiday or a big road yeah. trip. Would I be wrong in thinking both of these could happen in two weeks in Japan? Keep up the good work, and thanks for any help. Smiley face, Dan from Lincoln. Well, if it's a beach holiday you want, a lot of people don't know, but Okinawa has some of the nicest beaches on earth. Just mm. go on Google, type in Okinawa Beach, hit enter, then click on images, and oh my God, you'll wonder why you've never been there. They, the beaches are incredible. I have been to the best beach in my life there. I've been to many a beach around the world, from the Bahamas to uh, some beaches in the UK. <laughs> and, and the one in Okinawa... Blew me the hell away. I thought it, it looked like it had been photoshopped. In real life, it was magical. Mm. When you go in the sea, underwater, and you can see underwater for like half a mile. It was beautiful. Go to Okinawa. Your, your uh, was it wife? Honeymoon? Honeymoon. Honeymoon. Yes, she'll love it. She'll, she'll love it. Go on the honeymoon there, and then you can't go wrong. No. One week in Okinawa, one week in the mainland, Japan, and you're sorted. Dan from Lincoln. Okinawa it is completely or agree. Ishigaki Ishigaki it's the uh, most southern island in Japan it's like south of Okinawa there's another island uh, called Ishigaki Ryotaro Ryotaro our very own Ryotaro always goes there he loves it he swears by it so that's another place as well a bit mm. more decadent and upmarket than Okinawa I believe ah. so Ishigaki or Okinawa go for that good luck Dan have a cracking honeymoon enjoy next Message, yes. Next message is from Sarah. She says, hey guys, big fan of the podcast and the channel. I'm going to Tsurumi in Yamanashi Prefecture next fall on exchange. And I'm wondering how comfortable young Japanese people are when it comes to talking about weed. Uh, I'm from Copenhagen and here it's quite common. But I'm wondering if I should refrain from talking about this subject with my hopefully new Japanese friends, question mark. Looking forward to hanging... Looking forward to oh shit. <laughs> looking forward to hanging from <laughs> looking you. Looking forward to. <laughs> I thought it's a looking out. Looking forward to hanging out with you. Not anything else. Uh, looking forward to hearing from you, Sarah. Uh, <laughs> it's like I'm on weed already, um, Sarah. You could talk about it. I mean, weed and drugs in general are a massive no-go in Japan. Mm. Uh, we have situations where. I think people on the JET programme teaching in Japan got caught doing drugs and they were either deported in about seven minutes or shut away in a prison for the year. And Japanese prison isn't a place you want to end up, I can assure you. Mm. Um, so I'd avoid doing drugs. Talking about it, well, you could probably talk about it. I don't think they'll really know much or care much. I don't mm. really think I've spoken about weed much here in Japan. Like In London, it's everywhere, right? Every street in London... You can smell weed, you can smell it, yeah. and I'm sure and we're, you'll agree with me there. And we're probably and we're probably one of the. Well, we used to be one of the more um, restrictive um, uh, situations, mm. I think, here in London. Um, but I th it's been massively relaxed. Yeah. I don't think I don't think you'd even get stopped um, if if a policeman sort of smelt it. Just, oh, God, can't be asked. I've got bigger things to do with. Well, to I was be quite in Scooter Games. Yeah. Well, I was in I was in uh, Canada 
just the other week uh, in Montreal, and it's it's being legalised there in a few months, I think, in October or September, mm. uh, and everyone's already doing it as it is, and it's going to be even more in a few months. So, yeah, that was like a world away to go down the street of Montreal, smelling weed every every free, every few feet, and then arrive in Tokyo and just smell not that at all. <laughs> it's quite a big transition, um, but yeah, I mean. I think we used to talk about it. I think my students asked me about it once. Had I ever done it uh, in the class? They mm. sort of said, you know, have you ever done weed, Chris, since it? And I was like, <gasps> yes. And they were like, <gasps> because it's a big, scary thing, even though it's just some leaves. Mm. Um, so, yeah, talk about them. Talk about weed with them and you'll blow them away and you'll look really cool and you'll, you'll win those friends <laughs> I th- you'll win I think your new Japanese friends <laughs> maybe in a reggae bar there's, there's a lot of reggae bars in Japan you sort of see them every now and again uh, but I, I would say that I think um, I think I when I first met like Americans who would sort of talk about it at length you know that how much they love weed and stuff I mean I, I, I'm not a weedy kind mm. of guy I'm weedy but I'm not weedy beady um, <laughs> I don't uh, you know I don't see massive amounts of the attraction also I can't smoke properly so um, maybe that's probably why right. I've never I've never really indulged massively um, so people think people think I'm a loser who just drinks all the time yes that is true but uh, I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big weed guy uh, but I think I, I was always quite shocked at how much um, how much that permeates the culture uh, of uh, Americans, like you know, everyone's at it. <laughs> but in England, it's not quite oh, yeah. so 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 popular, I think. And so I think when you go over to Japan, you're going to be like, I think you'll be surprised how little people even think about it, to be honest. And if you talk about it, you might be seen as being a little bit more of a badass than you uh, probably realise. Badass. Yeah, I think you would get that impression. You would look at a bit of a shady character potentially. Mm. I don't know really. That's why I didn't talk about it. I never knew what response it would elicit. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I've, I have heard of people that do it in Japan. It, it's not unheard of. But, uh, yeah, if you're a foreigner in Japan, don't ever go anywhere near it. But I'm sure you won't, Sarah. I'm sure you'll have a great time in Surumi in Yamanashi. Best of luck and uh, have good have a good time telling mm. everyone about your your weed endeavours in, in Copenhagen. Uh, <laughs> next question is from, I want to say, Damiano. Mm. Damiano, is that right, Pete? Or maybe Damiano, either way. Exotic, it's a beautiful exotic name. Exotic name. Mm. Beautiful name. Hi, Pete and Chris. This is a question for Chris, but first I want to say I think Pete is absolutely brilliant. There you go, Pete. So, you know, if I'd read that, I would not have read that bit out. But thank you, Chris, for reading that out. (laughs) Thank you, Damiano, for your kind words. (laughs) Kindness. Uh, Now to the question, Chris. You said you often did some beatboxing to calm down the students three times a week or something, (laughs) in brackets. But since you were a teacher assistant... What did the main teacher think about your performance? Didn't he or she think you stole the show? Regards and thanks for the podcast, Damiano. Yeah. Um, you know what? My teachers, my the the teachers, Japanese teachers who I taught with in the class, they actually encouraged it. They were right. whenever the class was like not working, whenever it was awkward or students were bored, the teacher would just go, "Go on, Chris, do some voice percussion, do some beatboxing." And I'd have to crack it out like a monkey dancing for everyone. <laughs> I, I it's like I felt like oh why am I, why have I shown people I could do this? Um, so yeah, that was the response. They actually encouraged it. They didn't ah. and they didn't want me to stop. Like, I remember one class I did it for like ten seconds, which is my standard beatboxing length time. And then they were like, do some more. And everyone went, yeah. And I went, oh, for fuck's sake, why have I done this? And I started to regret it. And there were some teachers. I you teach with uh, I taught with ten different teachers and I had I think there must have been like uh, something like eighteen twenty classes in the school mm. 
and some teachers I taught multiple classes with, and we'd go in one class in the morning and I'd do it. And in the afternoon, they'd be like, oh, Chris, you did beatboxing earlier. Let's do it again. And I was like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> so I was a walking musician, a walking musical instrument. And in some ways, I regret ever doing it. But uh, yeah, I did steal the show for the record. A percussive, <laughs> a percussive musical marvel around the halls of the... Did you have like a favourite teacher that you worked with or, or one that you really didn't like working with? Yeah, I did. But yeah. obviously, I'm not going to... I'm not going to talk about that at length How are they going to find out? I don't think they'll be listening. (laughs) But, yeah, you you have favourites. Just Mm. as you have favourites with with students. Yeah. Which I don't know if you're supposed to admit to that as a teacher, but you know which students you like and you don't like. Yeah. Um, Same with teachers. I had some teachers who I absolutely loved teaching with, and they would ask me at a moment's notice if I wanted to go off and do a class. Mm. And there were other teachers who I... I did kind of actively avoid a little bit. Um, some teachers were very good at English. Some could barely speak a word, even oh, though really? they were an English teacher. So it's a very interesting experience. I'm going to talk about it at length in like a few years mm. when I've been completely forgotten by them. Because uh, there's some great stories, but I'm still a bit on edge, you know, about, about sharing them. Because it might come back to them and that wouldn't be good. Usually. Getting well, people fired... Three years after I finished teaching. <laughs> Would be a good thing That'll to do. Teach them. That'll teach them. Um, That'll teach them. You're, you're a Jet Program uh, poster boy, I guess, in many ways. Um, we got an email from um, Frankie. Hello, Frankie. Hi, Chris and Beats. Uh, enjoy the podcast and channel. I was wondering uh, what the difference is between a Yakata and a Kimono. Who wears them, when you wear them, where you wear them. Yukata. I'm going to Japan in a year. Yukata. Um, I'm going, in, going to Japan in a year or so, uh, and I'd love to know so I get the right things. <laughs> I like the idea that Frankie, uh, girl or boy, is just going to pick up a kimono <laughs> and a yukata um, and just, you know, get it here yeah. so they're ready. Because, I mean, you don't really see anybody walking around <sighs> during the day outside with either of those items of clothing on, do they? Or do you? Uh, no, not really. Some people do. Some people that love kimono do it. Well, they um, walk around to outside. Be honest, they do, yeah. Wow. In summer, it's quite nice. I mean, I wore, I've worn a kimono. I made a video. A few years ago, mm. called uh, what was it? Five hundred kilometers in three days, or something. And I had to wear it. I wore it throughout the duration of the trip, and it's really <laughs> nice in summer wearing a kimono because uh, you can feel like the air pass through you. Mm. That sounds really weird, but you can. It's kind of like wearing a, a, a splendid dressing gown is the best <laughs> way to describe it. A splendid, decadent, expensive dressing gown. Kimonos. Mm. So the difference between a yukata and a kimono is yukata is typically worn in summer. Uh, it's a lot cheaper. They're made out of cotton. Ah. Uh, you find it if you go to Ryokan, if you go to a, a, a traditional inn, they're there everywhere. You can mm. sort of wear it and wear it around as you enjoy your si- your, yourself in the in the inn. Um, typically, people go into a bath and then afterwards they'll stick on a yukata and just walk around and enjoy it. And then kimonos, mm-hmm. kind of a lot more decadent. They're made out of silk, I think, um, and they are very expensive. They're often passed down as family heirlooms. Like I spoke to someone who had a kimono that was like twenty thousand pounds, twenty thousand dollars or something, which blew me away. But it wasn't a surprise when I saw it. It was very, uh, very well made, so colourful and beautifully crafted. Um, but yeah, u cutters. I've wore, I wear u cutters regularly, maybe every month, or if I'm staying somewhere. Uh, kimonos I wear once a year maybe I don't actually have either myself I don't own either um, but uh, yeah yukata a lot more informal a lot cheaper made out of cotton kimonos very expensive you typically rent them and if you do come to Japan you want to wear one do just rent one for like a week or something or a day mm. and wander around in one and they come with these little clog 
clog shoes. I can't remember what they're called off the top of my head. But they're like clogs. They're like made out of wood and they clog along and they're really noisy and annoying and uncomfortable. Uh, but you wear them with the kimonos and they look... The, the outfit looks beautiful. Absolutely mm. beautiful. But, uh, yeah. Love just rent it. If you want to come to Japan, just rent a kimono. Have you actually ever worn one, though, Pete? I think the one? first time I went to Tokyo and stayed in a really nice hotel um, in, mm. in, in, in Tokyo, I wore one around the place and my mate uh it was a big fat bloke he um he wore one and he looked great <laughs> in it like he looked really good in it uh he's really tall but quite wide right. and and he's um and he looked fantastic in it i, I think i got a little bit lost in mine because i guess they have to be generic size and i guess <laughs> kimonos are probably um tailored to fit uh you know particular sized people um uh, but i think um when you go mm. to like a hotel that caters to westerners the kimonos are always a little bit larger than you'd expect so but i if you can get where we're walking around um, the town with it, I'd be bang up for wearing a kimono, especially on a hot day. Much easier, much more, uh, so or a nice. yukata, uh, much more uh, billowy, much, much cooler than an it's actual a lot t-shirt of effort. and clothes. It's a lot of effort to get on, though, with kimono. There's a few layers and whatnot. It's a little bit mm. a little bit difficult. I mean, when I put on a kimono, usually there's someone there to help do it. A yukata is a lot easier. You just whack it on. Tie a little bit of string around yourself. It's job done. <laughs> Always make sure that the the left side of the kimono or yukata goes over the right side. Ah, uh, I don't know if you know that rule, but the left always goes over the over the top of the right side. Ah. Um, yeah, just a rule of thumb. Rule remember of thumb. that; it'll come in handy. Mm. Tips to remember. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Fucking cover. Oh. Oh. Wow. Uh, hiya Pete and Chris 
Is Tokyo at night, in the rain, really like Blade Runner? I may or may not obsess over that movie quite a lot, and I'm quite interested in Japan too, and I'll probably move there within the next ten years, but I'm struggling with motivation to learn the language. All the best, Will from the UK. I love that, like, Will was just this sort of stream of thought that came out there. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of going on. Um, is Tokyo at night in the rain really like Blade Runner? Yes, I suppose. Osaka's more like Blade Runner. Mm. I find um, Dotonbori, Namba district, the mm. district with the bridge and the river in Osaka, is a lot more like Blade Runner. I don't know why that is. I think it it's a lot more shady and dark. There's a, there's, a, there's a few back streets down there that I always get lost in and I always feel like, wow, this is it. This is... This is Blade Runner. Mm. Uh, in Tokyo, not so much, actually. I don't know why that is. Maybe, I think, I'm not sure why, but Shinjuku is probably the closest place to feeling like you're in Blade Runner in Tokyo, especially in the rain. And there's some beautiful photos. Uh, there's a photographer called Liam Wong. He's a really cool guy, and he has some of the best photos you'll see of Tokyo. They're, they're all nighttime photos that kind of exacerbate and exaggerate the neon lights mm. and the rain. And he's a master of it. But uh, look him up on Instagram or Twitter and you'll see what I mean. But uh, his photos often seem to be in Shinjuku. So mm. Shinjuku in Tokyo is Blade Runner. And Osaka is also Blade Runner. But yeah, I'm more of an Osaka person when it comes to nighttime rain shots, mm. if that's a thing. Can I, can I um, chuck in Hong Kong? I think that's, uh, that's, my number one, that's my number one place that looks a bit like Blade Runner because a lot of like, the neon signs are really old uh, and it, it can seem mm. a little bit run down, especially on the mainland as well. But it's still got loads of the, uh, of the neon lights, uh, so it makes it a bit more Blade Runner-y and everything's a bit worn down and a bit more kind of... Uh, a bit Definitely. rougher. Um, I think there's a lot more uniformity in the neon lights of, uh, of, uh, of Shinjuku and, 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 and Shibuya and places like that. Um, I mean, every second mm, one mm. is a bit camera for crying out loud. <laughs> That's the thing in it. Bit camera, bit camera. <laughs> a half. Was it, is it hard off? What's the what's the second hand shop book sh- book off book off <laughs> book off and hard off? Yeah, hard off and book. Everything off. with off in it. <laughs> it's got I off to- in it. It must be a second hand shop. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Um, we got an email in from um, um, Nikolai. Hello, Nikolai. Um, hello, guys. My name is Nikolai. I'm from uh, Norway and I listen to the podcast every day while I was uh, without internet to, uh, on a cabin up the mountains. <laughs> so, hang on. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, so they, uh, sorry, I thought you meant watch the videos, uh, even though they literally did not say that. Um, yeah, so yeah, listen to the podcast while I, up, up, up a cabin up the mountains. Uh, without you, I think I probably would have gone mad. Ha ha ha. Uh, I have a question for Chris, hey. though, which might be personal to answer, but oh well, I'm going to ask. Your YouTube channel has grown really rapidly the last year, with your last video having as much or as many as one and a half million views. Still, though, you release few videos. Why don't you hire editors and mass produce content and make loads of money slash subscribers? Nicolette. <laughs> that is a personal uh, Nicolay, question. Nicolette, uh, I mean. That's quite cool. I'm more excited about being up in a cabin without the internet in the mountains. That yeah. sounds glorious. And what you've an honour. You've got the right idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get so much done. Yeah, uh, with the YouTube channel. So, it's true, I haven't made as many videos recently as I'd have liked. One reason is just two mega projects with Natsuki the movie, and now the cycle has been taking up a lot of my time with the whole logistics and organisation of it it's it's a massive challenge it makes Natsuki the movie look like a walk in the park I can assure <laughs> you um, so that's one factor I'm, I mean I could make more videos and money and subscribers um, but I'm a bit of a control freak and you'll find this with a lot of YouTubers right you could easily outsource the editing to someone but something's lost along the way for me 
I think if I got someone to edit the videos, they would need to study all my videos intricately and discover my editing style because I would be it would be a shame to I don't know lose that sense of identity that I've tried to cultivate through mm. my own editing style. So I don't. I guess I'm a massive control freak. I'm sure there are people out there who could easily just edit for me and do it, but it's. It's all about the fun of each video being its own little contained project, its own little thing. I don't like the idea of sitting in a room mass producing videos. And I it's not what I do. I could make yeah, I could make a lot of more money and get a lot more views and subscribers and things, but I think I would lose something along the way. You know, I could make I could probably make two videos a week, but would I enjoy making those videos? No. And then I'd have a uh, kind of a existential crisis probably after a few weeks or months and then I would just wonder why I did YouTube altogether so yeah I guess that's the main reason it's half just not having an existential crisis and half the upcoming cycle but I mean with the cycle if all goes to yeah, plan I mean, there should be I, 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 a video every single day and that will make up for it well you've hopefully. got people working with you on that particular project isn't it because it's going to be um, video diaries and stuff like that um, I you know I occasionally because I obviously um, follow um, Chris on YouTube and stuff I get um, given or awarded bloody um, suggestions uh, about what I should be watching on YouTube <laughs> and you do watch other uh, Japanese YouTubers and yeah, Chris could just go to a combini and go, oh, look, there's a new flavour of crisp. Let's try this crisp. Oh, it is disgusting. Oh, oh, it is nice. And, you know, he'd be kicking back loads of uh, viewers. But, I mean, <laughs> what do you want to do with your life? I feel like <laughs> I feel like we just got a massive, uh, an incredible glimpse into Pete in Japan, the <laughs> upcoming channel. Look at these crisps. Look at this sandwich. Look at these crisps. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you if you but, uh, follow yeah. me on if you follow me on Instagram on on any of my holidays, it's the only time I ever use Instagram stories. Uh, so that's what I usually do uh, is I just put every I just do use Instagram stories. I never put anything on my main Instagram, but I just use the stories as kind of like what I'm doing and what I can see and stuff. And it's all just stupid signs, um, you know, Japanese English gone wrong and all that nonsense in it really. And and that is the mm. the basic bitch of uh, of internet uh, Japan stuff, isn't it? You <laughs> go look what happened. Ooh. I met a guy. In, well, yeah. um, I met a guy in Fukuoka, uh, actually, uh, speaking of uh, a basic story, uh, who, um, mm. he loved the Ruttles. Now, I don't know whether you remember the Ruttles, because I don't remember them, but they Not were um, basically members of, members of the Monty Python uh, crew ensemble, who um, mm. did a Beatles tribute act, basically, in the late 70s, I think, early 80s. And basically, they were uh, a joke uh, parody band for the Beatles, and they filmed... Uh, mm. A film, I think it was called "Here Come the Ruttles" or or something like that. Um, and basically, they just um, saw off the Beatles. They just took the piss out of the Beatles. And um, I think George, I think George Harrison or Ringo Starr might have been involved at one point because they quite liked the, the the project. They quite liked the idea of it. And um, they released albums, and they were right. actually quite they were, they were quite accomplished as musicians. They were quite good, and they were quite fun to, to listen to. Uh, and the film was quite popular. Um, and. And I met a bloke who was obsessed by the Ruttles and also a Japanese band called The Goggles, who were also uh, a Beatles rip-off uh, kind of parody band. Um, right. Who sing about, like, really benign subjects, really kind of lame subjects, but, they, um, but they're, they're the Beatles, basically, Japanese Beatles. Um, and I mm. was really scared of mentioning the Beatles to him because he loved the Ruttles and he loved the Goggles. But I was worried that he'd never heard like of the Beatles. Beatles. Yeah, imagine if he'd never heard of the Beatles. And imagine me going, you realise those two bands are based off the Beatles? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just really worried that he'd never heard of the Beatles. It was very strange. 
and yet you didn't ask. And we'll no, never know now. I'll never know. Is 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 his, his daughter? His uh, daughter moved to Brighton. She, he went. Uh, my daughter moved Brighton. Um, nude beach. That's all he said. There's a oh nude beach. God. There's a nude beach, and I guess uh, Brighton and its nude beach obviously uh, shows all of the decadence of the West. Just people with their tops off and their bottoms <laughs> off. That's how sexy Brighton fair gets. Play, fair play to his daughter. She's got the right <laughs> idea. If I could live anywhere in the UK, it'd probably be Brighton, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, it is fun. Not because of the nude beach, but just because it's a nice place. Oh, yeah, you'd just probably <laughs> get like a house overlooking the nude beach, wouldn't you, you deviant? Um, I got an email from Brian. But, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do Brian's email? If, if, you're, if you're listening to this and you are in Fukuoka and you meet a man who is obsessed with the Ruttles, do ask him how he feels <laughs> about the Beatles and we'll... We'll find the end to this story. We'll get to the end. Of, <laughs> we'll get to the bottom of this. Uh, this man. I do like Fukuoka. It's a fun place. Hey, oh, Chris yes. and Pete. I was just sitting watching some YouTube mm. when I got an advert about World of Warcraft, and I recognised the voice, and I realised it was Pete. So, Pete, I have a question for you, and one for Chris. Do you actually play World of Warcraft? And if so, how far have you gotten, James? Is well, that you, Pete, of World of Warcraft? Uh, I think it would have been an IGN video in which I voiced a World of IGN. Warcraft, uh, a guide to World of Warcraft or something like that. Um, I'll level with you. Uh, I don't play World of Warcraft, <laughs> uh, but I must have seemed so authoritative on the subject that people might assume that I play World of Warcraft. I think I started playing it back in the day for a bit. I certainly played the first two well, uh, Warcraft games back in the day. That was a lot of fun. I used to love those games. Um, mm. But World of Warcraft, uh, just see uh, d- d- any of those MMR, MMORPG um, uh, role playing games, they just seem so like you've got to sink so much time I'm into assuming. them. Yeah. So much so time consuming, and also, um, I mean, I say that I must have sunk about 150 hours into bloody Yakuza. It's like it's crazy. <laughs> Persona Five and those games that just never end, and and everyone just time never stops. People just never stop talking. Actually, when I come up for Halloween, um, I think my uh, my dressy up, uh, my cosplay, my uh, Halloween uh, kit is probably going to be God Majima from uh, uh, from the the Yakuza game games. He's like a wacky guy who just appears from nowhere. Uh, oh and he, I, I bought myself a, a, a fake snakeskin jacket from Zara, uh, so that's probably what I'll be doing. <laughs> that's what I'll be doing oh, uh, I'm for looking Halloween. Forward to that. <laughs> We're getting you in a video wearing that. <laughs> Not do that would be a crime. The problem is though, he the problem is he doesn't wear a top underneath, uh, and I'm afraid my body right. does not really. Um, he's got yakuza. He's got like uh, yakuza tattoos, the back piece and the front piece, and he's got. Uh, well, you've got a tattoo. He, yeah, but it's very much on the leg. I've got a few on the leg. Well, I'll have to figure out a way of doing that. But um, your monkey, monkey island, monkey tattoo. island tattoo, yeah, just like the actors like would have. Yakuza would have, yeah. <laughs> Oh, here's one from, uh, I think it's it's either Maxime or Maxime. I think it might be Maxime. Maxime. Um, hi, Chris and Pete. Maxime. I've recently discovered waifu pillows. Is this really a thing and is it relatively common? <laughs> if I go for a week in a large Japanese city and use public transportation, am I likely to encounter somebody carrying a pillow around? Do regularly normal people, uh, <laughs> relatively normal people, keep waifu pillows? Is it a shameful item to admit? <laughs> wow. So, for people listening, wondering... What the hell that is? I mean, half of you probably know. Waifu is kind of like girlfriend. Waifu is like Japanese uh, guy and or foreign borrowed word. Wife, waifu. Waifu pillow is a, a <laughs> basically a body pillow, right? That you can just enjoy in a in a bed. Um, I can't say I've seen people <laughs> use them on public transport or walk around with them. Uh, you're not likely to encounter somebody carrying them around. 
Uh, but I think they're quite popular, and there's not nothing too shameful about them. No. Uh, I've, I've read that they're actually quite good for stress. I can't say I possess one. I don't have a body pillow. Don't quote me on that. I, uh, I don't have one. Uh, but I've seen them everywhere in shops, and uh, they seem quite popular with girls to just sort of cuddle them and hug them like you would a teddy bear mm. or something like that. I don't see them... A lot of people paint them in this kind of sinister, shady light. But to me, it's just a thing, a, a nice pillow you can... Cuddle Hug. and relax with, and <laughs> gets de-stressed with. Yeah, it's because it's so, because a lot of them have a lot of the waifu pillows have like you know the hypersexualized uh, anime characters, hentai kind of nonsense correct, yeah. on them. So that's why they're kind of seen as being uh, for wrongans. But I'd argue that men's sex toys, for example, uh, Tenga's a big brand over there, <gasps> and it's it's kind of it's seen oh, as being we can't a talk l- about those things. <laughs> we can't talk about those things. Well, I actually saw um, someone had turned one into like a uh, like a action figure. Uh, a, a Tenga, um, a Tenga thing that, that fires a gun, and I think I don't want to know what comes out of that gun. To be honest, I'm not describing what that is. What a no, Tenga is but on the podcast, I would, I would even say though that I if, think we already did once. I would say that if um, if anyone um, in the Western world said that they were a, well, if a male in the Western world admitted to having a sex toy, uh, they would be laughed out of the uh, room, and um, but they they would be the sort mm. of people who belong on the fringes of society, quite frankly. Uh, but in Japan. Tenga, massive brand. They're like uh, they're, they're like the apple of sex toys, uh, and they only seem to do uh, men male <laughs> sex toys, and it's very bizarre. Like males have it so good when it comes to um, sex it's and this or that. It's it's a, it's it's completely I mean, they're not, on its head. There's no stigma around them mm. either. Like, and it's really in, weird. they sell them at airports. They sell them everywhere. In, in Don Quixote, which is the the big awesome department store that sells everything you'd ever want. Uh, they have a, a sort of sex area for mm-hmm. over 18s. But even outside of that, they've got Tenga, these Tenga toys. Yeah. I say toys, but they've got these, these bloody Tenga things everywhere. And puppets and characters. And it's it's so crazy. I don't, yeah. I don't understand how it's a thing. But <laughs> go online, look up Tenga, and you'll get the explanation and description you deserve. Because I'll be damned if I'm explaining it on and here. More importantly... There are kids that listen. There are kids probably. that listen. Well, I mean, what's, yes. what's the big? Uh, what are they? What are they uh, yeah, it's it's it's. Imagine a um, uh, uh, a <laughs> flashlight-shaped item that uh, you can enjoy as a man. Uh, I can't say I've I've got involved myself, but um, I'm sure it'd be fine. <laughs> well, it's so awkward. Two British people trying to explain a sex toy. <laughs> British, British people oh, are so weird around sex. I think compared to Americans, I find it really funny. British people in general. Usually. When it comes to talking Usually. about sex. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, a podcast. Massively. British people and sex, coming soon. <laughs> Probably do quite well, actually. Yeah, I'll exactly. I'll make a note of that. Big talk, big talk. Brian. Brian. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Hi, Chris and Pete. My name is Brian. I'm 21 years old, and I'm from Montreal, Canada. <gasps> That's oh, where I was two weeks what? ago. I'm planning on moving to Japan in surely, four years from now, surely. Mm. Uh, my goal is to live and work the rest of my days in the land of the rising sun. But I also want to start a YouTube channel out there. Do you have any advice on how to start a successful channel about Japan and make it grow? How did it all begin, Chris? P.S. I want to call it My New Life in Japan, or Reborn in Japan. So look forward to it in 2022. Smiley face from Brian. Well, Pete Donaldson, Brian is also thinking of starting a YouTube channel. So this is great timing. Yeah, we can. I can kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> Reveal yeah. the secrets to two budding, <laughs> two budding YouTube wannabes. Um, 
what, I don't know really. What is the what is the successful? What's the secret? Go Pete? down Do you know? the convenience store, buy some crisps, and open <laughs> them. And go, oh, these are delicious. Oh, these are not delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do that, Brian. Just tie- it's all about video titles. Have O M F G. Oh my fucking god! Mm. Japanese crisps, lol, ruffle. And, you, and you're doing like a, yeah, and, and Brian doing an excited face with chocolate around his mouth, going ah, yeah. Who's <laughs> <laughs> you? I do that, Brian. I would, I would wait till 2022 just to see that. Um, <laughs> honestly, the secret to being a successful YouTuber is having clickbait titles. Uh, I do it. I don't do it to an extreme level, but I still do it. You know, six things to do in Japan, eight things to see in Tokyo. Mm. Oh my God, I saw that. You know, do clickbait titles, um, but make your videos good still uh, because the most important thing is having a good video and then the second most important thing is having a good title. I know so many people that have things like principles and values and you have to throw them out the window Brian, Ugh, gross. to be a YouTuber you have to basically just take everything you do and make it all clickbaity and crap and, until finally it gets to the point where you don't have to make those kind of videos anymore but I would say just make videos that you think people want to watch right that's all I ever try to do I try and make videos that I think people will want to click on uh, and want to see and I hope to try and make each video educational and entertaining if you can do that if you can make every single one of your your videos both educational, entertaining in some way, and then stick a clickbait title on it, then you are sorted. Uh, yeah, that's all. That's basically all I have to say, really. Mm, I could dedicate a whole podcast to it. I think we probably did actually, didn't we? In March, I think we discussed it. But uh, yeah, those are some simple tips. Just try and make something that you think people want to see. Don't focus too much on yourself. Try and mm. focus on. Uh, giving people something of value that they want to watch, or yeah, that, that might interest them, yeah, and that's where the that's why I always lie. feel uncomfortable. Well, that's why I always feel uncomfortable making videos about myself. You know, I feel like why would people be interested in me? You know, I just see myself as a conduit into Japan through the videos or podcasts or whatever. Um, as for my private life and my personal life, I always struggle talking about it in videos. Like I've got a video now that's coming out this week called or well, next week or last week, called uh, How Long Will I Stay in Japan? Mm. And it's quite a personal video, right? And I've had a lot of difficulty putting it up because I feel like, uh, do I want to talk about myself? Uh, I don't know. But I have to embrace it because that's what you do as a YouTuber. You have to sell yourself out, put yourself on the internet and let everyone in. And that's how you succeed. So there you go, Brian. Good luck and best of luck in 2022. And also, Reborn in Japan is a better name than <laughs> My New Life in Japan. I think we'll... We'll all agree there. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Send in your thoughts there. My new life in Japan or reborn in Japan? Yeah, vote which is now. <laughs> vote now. Emancipation <laughs> is important. Vote now. Chris doesn't want to talk about himself because he <laughs> uh, he lives with uh, 17 waifu pillows. Um, uh, <laughs> we, are, we are hurtling Revenge. towards the end of the show, so let's squeeze in a couple more emails before we uh, chip off. Um, Drew uh, says, hello, lads. Uh, loving the show. It's becoming the highlight of my work week, which says just about as much as my job as your show. Is it rude to wear a bathing suit in an onsen? I'm a humble fellow. No need to show off to the other fellas. Um, thanks, lads, and have a jolly good day. Get them off. Unless you've got an unsightly wound. Just get them off. I, you have to, Drew. There's, I don't yeah. think you can actually go into a hot spring wearing clothes or anything. So, Cause it's dirty, yeah, I'm afraid it? you just have to go along with it. It's awkward the first time, but after that, it's kind of fine and it's fun and you get used to it. And yeah. nobody stares at each other. It all feels very natural and organic and wonderful. 
doesn't it, Pete? <laughs> it is. I've I've seen your PP. I've you seen mine. So, and then we went Brilliant. into the onsen. <laughs> <laughs> and then we entered. And the Pete onsen. was very sneaky. <laughs> he went in with a tattoo anyway, which I know is breaking the rules. Yeah, so, yakuza yeah. style. <laughs> yakuza Pete, great. But yeah, don't do it, Drew. Just go don't in, do it. And Just get in enjoy there, it and embrace it. Embrace it embrace and have it. a lovely time. I love an onsen. Wonderful. It was, the, uh, the the style of shower that they were using in uh, the Airbnb in Korea was kind of they'd have mm. a little seat like the onsen where you sit at the thing and chuck a ball over your head. It was like that, uh, and I really enjoyed sitting down uh, on those little those little stools and showering because it was just it was that's, just nice. That's actually like my favourite part. Mm. Yeah, it's so nice just yeah, sitting massive. down, washing yourself, getting in the onsen, relaxing, getting out, washing yourself. It's just amazing. You have to go in mm. onsen, and when you do, oh. don't wear a bathing suit. That's all for now, folks. Uh, we will be back next week uh, talking about a very hot topic at the moment. It's a, it's probably the worst thing about Japan. I think that's quite a good way of making you want to listen to next week's one <laughs> clickbait but it is a, a serious topic and we're going to hit it head on next week i'm not going to tell you what it is but we'll be back then send your questions into us as always to abroad in japan podcast at gmail.com but as always guys no matter where you might be out there in the big wide world thanks for listening we will see you next wednesday have a good one i tried to do that outro when i did the podcast by myself and i couldn't do it chris Absolute so disaster. you nail it every time it. it's wonderful <laughs> learn it learn it master it and when I'm not there you can do it again stand in properly next time <laughs>Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Have a Catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.